Hello and welcome back to the all new, all different number one comics podcast. Uh, I'm Dan. That's Benny. Benny, what is going on? We just talked off air for a sec, but tell the audience how you're doing. I'm doing wonderful, Daniel. I'm happy to sit down and chat more uh, about um, the new Ultimate line. Today, we're going to be going over the Ultimate Black Panther. Right? This one's so cool. And I think uh, now at this point, it's like our tradition. You and I got to hit every Ultimate book in the universe. But... <laughs> oh, no. no. We, we have to do the modern ones, at least. I don't think I can go back to the past. Sure, sure. That's what I meant. You know, moving forward. <laughs> yeah, but well, it's on Peach Momoko X Men and everything. But um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm I'm really excited about this. This is uh, I mean, you know, I we'll get into it and everything. But you know, critically, I think this has already been uh, pretty acclaimed. I think uh, people will have a lot of cool stuff to say about this book. Uh, but yeah, this is the you know second installment into the new Ultimate Universe, the the proper installment there, and. Uh, yeah, they're just building this thing up. They're like not holding back. They got some top talent on this, and these people are like coming up with ideas. <laughs> oh yeah, um, we said we got Brian Edward Hill writing for us, and mm -hmm. Stefano uh, Kesley. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. I'm glad you said it because <laughs> <laughs> you know I wasn't going to be close, but yeah. Um, Top top tier on this. I mean, uh, really, really good uh, creative team. Yeah, really good stuff. How about we just get into it and go over the book? I mean, we both got busy schedules today. I say we just hit it, attack it head on, and, and talk about it. So, uh, yeah, and, yeah, hit the ground running. Yeah, why not? I mean, this book does. So, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> you know, in regards to that, we'll do the same thing. But yeah, uh, Ultimate Black Panther One opens up with an attack on a West African quarry by moon knight soldiers and let me stop right there for a second so you and i can discuss this moon knight soldiers things or or moon knight forces i don't know what we're supposed to call them yet but uh i mean they're not really explicitly like named or anything in this book so that's kind of just what i'm calling them but like moon knight is 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 like Kanshu and Ra like separated <laughs> it's like two yeah. forces really yeah crazy. in this uh in the ultimate line it looks like um Kanshu and Ra are a lot more of a Hydra or AIM organization where they have a bunch of grunts and high-tech uh, imagery. Definitely not um, the superhero of the past. It's definitely a bad dude. It starts off with them raiding a village, and they do it twice in this issue, actually. So they got a lot going on <laughs> and definite big baddies so far. Yeah, for sure. I, I really... I like how how they are here, but I'm I'm wondering if if there might be like a twist to that at some point. I mean, of course, we won't find that out until later. We don't find it's not like we we find out exactly what their intentions are in this book, but you know, we can only assume that it's to like you know conquer, take over. Uh, that that's what it's looking like. So um, so from there, uh, we have you know those those Moon Knight forces in to come claim the land, and there's. Of course, in Wakandan fashion, there's like, you know, some spies witnessing this event <laughs> and uh, they, you know, they witness what's going on. They don't interfere at all, of course. And, and they, you know, run back to Wakanda to tell their king about what's going on. Uh, now, did you have thoughts on that? Because when that was first happening, like, I don't know about you, but like for me, I was like, all right. They know they're not supposed to get involved. They know they're not supposed to interfere or anything, but it seemed like they really wanted to. So I kept thinking, like, somebody's going to go rogue here for a second. 
Yeah, um, Wakanda in comics has a big policy of non-interference. They hid mm -hmm. from the world for a large amount of time and seems Ultimate Universe is pretty similar way where they're super highly advanced, um, but are kind of taking a backseat to the global politics. Mm -hmm. And I am a sucker for whenever um, like soldiers or spies on the front line just have to watch something uh, terrible happen because they know that the information they currently have is of more value than actually saving the people in front of them. And every time it's a gut punch to <laughs> me and the person. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it makes you almost want to like get in there and tap them on the shoulder. Get in there, do something about it. But, <laughs> but you know, uh, we are spectators too. So there's not much we can do about it. <laughs> um, uh, from there, T'Challa, uh, you know, next up we switch to a new scene and T'Challa's waking up from a nightmare next to uh, uh, his queen, Okoye. Uh, and, I, and I think I'm saying that right. I, I, I never pronounce that like exactly right, but I'm going to go with Okoye. <laughs> and uh, we learn that the uh, maker, uh, you know, over in, in the ultimate universe had Kanchu uh, and Rai overseeing Africa, but of course Wakanda has its doors closed and they're just kind of now opening it. At least that's what it uh, narrates in the comics. So um, yeah, they're, they're kind of opening their doors and then it just gives that little tiny bit of exposition that, uh, that the maker had Kanchu and Rai overseeing Africa. Um, yeah, Maker's got a lot of uh, fingers and a lot of pies in his universe. Um, I really want to point out the design for Ra and uh, Khonshu. They are like these bald twins with a black and a white suit and with the tattoo of the gods. I'm not sure if they are representatives or the actual gods themselves or stand-ins uh, but i want to see more from those two just because the design kills <laughs> i think we're gonna see some more i'm, I'm pretty sure <laughs> that second issue we're gonna see some more of them but yeah I'm, I'm with you that is a really cool design uh and that's you know something that uh i would say you know going back to the ultimate universe especially in its first incarnation and, and all of that a lot of times you you left it to the classics. You know, you look at Peter Parker's uh, you know Spider-Man uh, costume and everything, and it's it's that classic costume. But but sometimes you get these updates on these on these characters. Uh, every now and again, you get like a whole new redesign of them and everything. I remember seeing that in a lot of villains and stuff. So so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about what they're what new ideas they're bringing forth in this uh, universe. It's, it's really cool and different. Um, next up in the comic book, uh, we've got T'Challa and T'Chaka, uh, his father, uh, discussing, I'm going to go with Voodoo Khan, but <laughs> again, like I, I pronounce everything horribly. So uh, that's a religious group that uh, T'Challa doesn't necessarily agree with. Um, and, and one that he respects the place of. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he does. He's not necessarily like uh, agreeing with their stance, but but yeah, like you said, he respects. Um, and and then in our next scene, uh, T'Challa goes to see the leader of Udukan, and he's told that they sense violent enemies outside of Wakanda's walls. Now, I really like this a lot. I think that this is really cool because you're getting into that like weird. Uh, you know, political and then religious zone and stuff that, you know, sadly, like kind of like exists in a weird, like gray area in our world too. But um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. The ideas and politics that they're able to lay out in Black Panther. It's, it's very interesting. 
um, especially the new ideas that they're bringing forth in this Ultimate Universe. Really cool stuff. Yeah, um, T'Challa, a lot of this issue, he's somewhat listening to his advisors, advisors yep. but not taking what they're saying to heart. And it just keeps going until the very end uh, where there's a breaking point. We, um, If we want to go into that now, uh, we see at the very end, T'Challa is in front of his people where there is a suicide bomber. Mm-hmm. And after that, it kills his father because T'Chaka has to be blown up in every iteration, I guess. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> they can't keep him alive. <laughs> he, after going the whole issue kind of um, downplaying everything, T'Challa says, to war. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, such a, a, a striking end to this book. I mean, I it's not that I'm going to say that I wasn't anticipating that he would announce war. I mean, uh, I, I feel like that was kind of a given, but just the setup and everything here is just done in such a wonderful way um, that even though, you know, it, it's not that that was surprising or anything, I mean, that's what needed to take place. I can't imagine any other outcome here, uh, you know, for, for him to just sit on that after that happens, you know, it isn't going to happen. <laughs> There's no way in hell. So, uh, no. so yeah, I mean, war is, has been waged here and, um, yeah, Wakanda versus the, the you know, <laughs> Khonshu and Ra forces. Um, in, in between that, you know, something really important happens too, because at, at the same time we're getting, uh, it, like you had mentioned before, there's uh, another uh, West African village that, you know, is being taken over by these Moon Knight forces. And it looks like, you know, they're about to step in and kill this little kid. And all of a sudden, Killmonger shows up um and that mm, yes yeah <laughs> in this beautiful um outfit with Outstanding this, like, um, outfit. African headdress I just want to mm. do an aside Stefano absolutely knocks it out of the park God, he has it, right? um, he's done a bunch of uh Marvel stuff like X-Men Red the current my current favorite X-Men run Iron Man Avengers and all of the designs in this are stellar and iconic yeah i completely agree like that i i'm I'm hoping that you know next megacon or something i see somebody in like some cosplay because that's such a cool Mm. cool design it looks really really awesome i'm I'm with you on that um yeah and and that you know from there that's that's a big point and then another one happens because we have now i I don't have it written down i can't remember the other person's name was it wind rider was that the name of the wind rider which yes. is for sure storm my one of exactly my exactly right yes we Gotta we don't storm. actually see her she is completely enshrouded by lightning um she is she is the storm uh i really like her it seems her and killmonger have um a thing going on he talks about her in kind of a romantic way when they're fighting alongside each other and she doesn't actually get to say anything in this issue tragically but i am i am excited to see uh going forward what she and killmonger are up to because they seem somewhat uh at odds not just with ra and Kanshu, but also wakanda they look down at them for their non-interference while these villages are getting raised to the ground by these soldiers um in and which also includes one of my favorite tropes where a child's ball rolls uh, away <laughs> right. and a soldier just stomps on it every time it always gets me 
Oh yeah, it, it's a, a wonderful trip, a very good one. I, I like it a lot too. It's just, uh, it's so iconic and it was a great thing to interject into this book. Um, and I'm with you. I love the team up there. If we're getting, uh, you know, who, who we think this is, uh, Storm, which I mean, how could it be anybody else? But uh, how could it yeah. be? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, if we're getting Storm and Killmonger, and, and, and Storm's got a cool new code name, and it's Windrider. I'm all about that. I love that. I think it's really cool. What do you think the implications, or or maybe not implications, but uh, what what do you think about what does this do to X Men? You know, Ultimate X Men coming out is Storm not a part of that? Is Storm, you know, maybe still a part of the team, but like on a side mission here with Killmonger. Like, how does that work? Ooh, so Storm's original story way back when was mm -hmm. that she was kind of seen as a, an African goddess. Mm -hmm. And it seems that uh, Edward is taking it back to her roots and she's going to be playing a very similar role. I know in the ultimate uh, line that mutants were in the cause of like some shield uh, experiments and that there wasn't really an X gene or something that mm -hmm. they were just kind of a genetic fluke that um, happened because of human interference. So I have no idea if that's going to play out in the new ultimate lineup but, or how much Storm will be involved. Personally, I hope she kind of keeps to the um, Black Panther line just because she and T'Challa have such a storied history in the comics. Oh yeah, a, a great history. I love uh, all, all of those, uh, uh, you know, wedding issues and everything. There were some really, really cool stuff there. Uh, some some really great history. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's that's look. It's a lot that happens in this book. <laughs> so so that's what happens in this book. Um, uh, really, a lot to unpack. I, I think we're already singing the praises here. But let's go into like you know a little bit of our thoughts on it and everything. Like, uh, what, what what do you think about the writing and the narrative and everything of this? The writing um, honestly didn't grip me the strongest, but that's because it seems a lot of it is a kind of uh, political and war story, which just doesn't always hold my interest, especially mm -hmm. when I'm going to read comics. I'm there for the vigilanteism and the <laughs> epic superhero fights, but I think this is going to be building up um, to something big and tie into the rest of the uh ultimate universe in a very nice way wakanda is an absolute powerhouse in the marvel universe and they are just going to sit back while the maker does what he does yeah absolutely not they're they're definitely there to uh, stir some shit up <laughs> that's for sure um now i want to ask you do you have thoughts uh what do you want to see out of this like what would what would make issue number two for you? Like, is there anything that you're anticipating anything that you're like, I have to see this in, in the next issue. This is a deal breaker or, or this is something that would really ramp it up for me or anything like that. Honestly, storm uh, going back to her. <laughs> she's what she's my favorite leader of the X-Men. Mm -hmm. um, and Stefano is wonderful at drawing her and depicting her in the X-Men red. She, kind of takes back that goddess title a lot of the time and yep. commands the very weather and the way he just twists the pen and ink to form her powers is amazing on page yeah that one single that reveal of her that we get in this comic is is outstanding you know it's 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 far back it's uh yeah but i mean there's so much going on we're seeing so much of her power set just just right there uh which is really really cool 
And and I'm with you. I think that I I kind of uh, agree. You know, I look. The last thing I want to read about or hear about is war uh, right now. <laughs> I think that we're all a little. Uh, you know, we can push that off to the side. I mean, of course, you know, there's always going to be uh, something going on in the comic book. We don't want to see. Um, you know, uh, people just holding hands or anything, but, um, uh, definitely, you know, there's a conflict and, and I really like the conflict here. I think it's good. Um, uh, you know, I, I definitely would like to be taken out of the war element of it. I, I see it's going to play a big part though, or at least these, these moon Knight uh, forces and these factions, you know, kind of taking over or whatever. But, uh, I, I think definitely I want to see the vigilante aspect of it. I want to see Killmonger and, uh, Wind Rider get in there and really, really stir some stuff up. I think that that's what's selling this book for me at this point. Mm. Also, I would love to see like Merc Spectre and the rest of him uh, be a general in Conchu's army. I think <laughs> that would be kind of a nice bow because he's, um, I believe that he starts his run kind of in Egypt when he's gunned down and has to pray to uh, actual statue of Conchu and I think they could, it doesn't need to be a big role, but it'd be fun if they just do a little nod to him and show what he's up to in this new universe. Yeah, I, I again, I'm hoping that they flesh that out. I'm hoping that they really flesh out uh, what's going on with Killmonger here. And, uh, and, and yeah, I think that uh, this book, you know, T'Challa is obviously going to be a, a central character and the whole royal court and everything is going to be very important. But I think it's going to be these side characters that really do it for, for people like you and me. Uh, maybe side characters isn't the right term, but you understand what I mean. Like not the, yeah. not the central focus of just the Black Panther. We need to see a little more than that. We're very used to that at this point. And if they're going the route that it seems like they're going, then it's a traditional Black Panther story. We already kind of know what to expect, and it's not really given that ultimate treatment. But you bring in uh, Wind Rider, you bring in uh, you know Conchu and everything. Yeah, now now it's a little different. Now there's there's something different happening in this universe. So I think that that's really important that they stick the the landing on that. Exactly, and I mentioned it before. Uh, the designs are killer. Um, yeah. Matron Amala, who uh t'challa was talking to uh, he she has this really neat black and green hooded shroud um there's the conchu and raw soldiers which are kind of futuristic uh, there is one design that is a bit of a letdown and unfortunately it is the black panthers itself it's really nice pretty sleek um with some indents and jewelry but it just has an open mouthpiece that I cannot get past. <laughs> yeah, the mouthpiece is a little interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely <laughs> give it that. Um, I was, I think that I was looking for for somewhat of an update to the whole design. I mean, like you said, there there are things done to it. You know, it's not just the traditional uh, Black Panther suit and everything. But I, I don't know. I think I wanted like a little something more out of it. I think that that is probably uh, the thing in the issue that that the most flat for me um was was the design of the character there uh, the costume design rather um everybody else looks great you know everything and, and and it is a great design i mean don't get me wrong uh black panther always looks great the costume looks amazing i just wanted that ultimate like update to it i wanted something a little mm -hmm. bit different and i don't think it delivered quite as much on that end but i'm with you on the art the art is fantastic it definitely stands out in this book uh 
this is this is what you want for your ultimate universe definitely just like the art was you know nailed on that uh ultimate spider-man book it's definitely nailed here very very good we didn't take yep, there's, crazy stylistic choices but it's really good there's a couple um full page spreads one double page spread which is really nice and oh man wakanda is beautiful it is one of the <laughs> fictional cities that i want to visit the most mm -hmm. it is the first like full look we get of it is t'challa in his undies not a bad look um <laughs> gazing out over a shining beautiful city and it's like i'm there yeah they definitely uh you know go all out here the colors pop uh everything everything's done so wonderful i think that this was a really really good collaboration put some really good creators together and really pulled something nice off here they're like like i said at the beginning of this and, and like we said at, at the uh ultimate spider-man episode like they're really not holding back on telling these ultimate stories that they revived it you know or brought it back for a reason they had a reason to tell these stories and they're very fleshed out and they're you know the tone is there and and the look is there I have, I still have so much faith in this. That's two issues, you know, uh, proper so far that have come out that have just nailed it. So I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm very stoked about this. Benny, we don't normally do this, but I think just for the sake, just for the sake of the ultimate universe, this is the only yeah. time I'm going to ask you this when we do ultimate books. Give me, give me a number rating. <laughs> a number rating. Ooh, of this book, I'm. I'm going to have to go a seven. It was really nice, but it didn't wow me as much as I was expecting, especially from uh, Stefano. I did take a look at some of Brian Edward Hill's other stuff just to see what he gets up to. And he is all across the place. He's done Angel and Buffy books. He's yep. <laughs> done Far Cry stuff, DC and Marvel, and even something for the band Kiss. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah uh, interesting but, uh, but how about you what would you rate it on a scale one to ten you know it's so hard and i always like that's why i don't like doing number ratings but um uh you know i always want to throw those half points in there too but <laughs> i <laughs> i think i would go eight and a half i, I think an 8.5 is is solid for me i really did enjoy this i read it you know I've, I've read it four times since it's come out it's a very good book it's very fun to read um I think the only thing I take off points for kind of the stuff that I said, like I don't want to be reminded of war right now. That's not something that, that I'm too keen on right this second. And I really, I, I think it was a missed opportunity to not update that, uh, that black Panther costume. But um, other than that, I love this. I, I think it's done really, really well. So yeah, I think I would go 8.5. Yeah. I think it's pretty obvious, but this is um, a solid recommendation for me. I'm not oh, yeah. quite sure if I'll check out, um, the second issue yet if it does have storm i definitely will but uh personally the story isn't that gripping for me but i recommend that somebody check it out just in case it is because the art alone is worth it yeah i'm with you and i think uh the the main thing i can say about this book is, as far as recommending it or anything is look a lot of time there's been a lot of volumes of black panther sure um there's been some great ones the tanahashi coats one was really good uh uh, the current run is is hit or miss. Like you, you have to be like I. I feel like you have to be like a pretty big fan already. I don't feel like it's that accessible. Um, but I will say, you know, this is pretty accessible as long as you know what happened in this new Ultimate Universe with the Maker. You can jump in right here, and it tells you enough. There's enough exposition 
So I feel like for like a new reader of Black Panther, this isn't too intimidating. Um, and I feel like that's really important. Just like I feel like even though, you know, not having all of that history of Peter Parker, Spider-Man that you and I have, uh, you know, if you walk into a comic book shop and Ultimate Spider-Man number one is your first comic book, might be a little bit confusing, sure. But uh, but you can jump in and start off with that story and understand where it's going. I feel like this is very accessible to readers and it's it's very good fan service for uh, for seasoned readers like you and me. So um, I'll definitely be checking out issue number two and I definitely recommend everybody check this out. Uh, and I think that those are two really uh, good and unique uh, points of view on this book. So I think we have a little bit something there for everybody, but you're definitely not hearing, uh, you know, any, any one stars or any, <laughs> you know, not oh, yeah. recommend. So um, ultimate universe has come out swinging and I'm yeah. excited for uh, whatever for new heroes have new fresh twists on them. Yeah. Likewise. Really excited about that. Well, um, unless you have anything else to say about it, Benny, I think that that wraps us up on Ultimate Black Panther number one. Um, uh, just a shout out to the paneling. It's not the most standout, but it's very clean. And when images do break the border, they're usually for, for a purpose. Like T'Challa has a nice one where he's standing with somebody um, and there's no real background, but he kind of steps into another panel. But yeah, Stefano is pretty great at his job. I'm, I recommend <laughs> checking out his other stuff. Oh yeah, I'm with you. And, and, and like you said, that X-Men Red stuff is top notch. So uh, I absolutely recommend that as well. Cool. Well, then that is uh, the review from Benny and I. And yeah, you guys go to your local shops. Actually, I would say go to your local shops and pick up a copy of Black Panther number one, but or Ultimate Black Panther number one. But as you and I both know, just like uh, Ultimate Spider-Man number one, it completely sold out day of release. So, you know, maybe yes. pick up a second printing. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to order these ahead of time if you want to actually yes. get a piece. Yeah, it looks like that. Um, you know, and, and maybe this is good advice for all of you looking to pick up that Ultimate X-Men number one. You know, maybe hit up your local comic book shop now and reserve a copy because I think, you know, uh, pulling up Wednesday morning and expecting a copy in your hand might be, you know, might be hard. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much, Benny. I appreciate your time and I will talk to you next time, especially next time we do an Ultimate. All right. See you later, everyone. Welcome back to the all new, all different number one comics podcast and the We Read a Comics podcast. Uh, that's a, a newer offshoot that we're doing. But um, yeah, uh, we've got a special creator interview on the line today. And you know what? You know what I should have done off air? Uh, you're going to get a nice peek behind the curtain here, everybody listening, because I'm horrible at pronouncing names. So I'm just going to go off and try on my own and most likely mess up. Uh, I think I'll get the Tom part, hopefully. But uh, I'm going to go with uh, Dragalis. That's pretty close, Dan. Ah. Uh, most most people get the, the Tom part right, which is lucky. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it's pronounced Dragalis, so it's Drogalis. close enough. I usually will not correct people. It's not worth it. Hey, well, um, I, I I like to get as close as possible, but my God, I'm, I'm you know terrible at pronouncing names uh, of all kinds. Um, yeah, I'm surprised <laughs> I can say Tom, so thank God for that. But uh, You're all good. <laughs> we've got Tom on the line here. Uh, Tom, you've got a new book coming out, and this is dropping. This is exciting because this is dropping in, in just a couple of days. This is dropping uh, Valentine's Day, February 14th, 
year 2024 um, from Scout Comics. This is Divine Power Made Me, issue number one. Uh, welcome in, and please uh, tell us about the book. Of course. First of all, you know, thank thank you for having me, Dan. It's such a pleasure. Um, and yeah, so we've got Divine Power Made Me. Uh, so it's like you said, it's coming out this February 14th, uh, Valentine's Day. Uh, I was always very excited when I when I saw that date. I'm like, what better way to, to celebrate uh, Valentine's Day than with a little bit of uh, cults, ritualistic murder, monsters, all this other kind of stuff. Um, but I'll give you the I'll give you the short synopsis because the one that I wrote is a bit on the longer side, and I think I've learned my lesson not to uh, keep it keep it short, keep people's attention. Um, but the logline was uh, after being executed by a religious cult, Virgil finds himself in the afterlife, making a deal with the first god, um, and then he's trying to navigate the afterlife, afterlife, find his parents, and find out more about his death and just like the conception of the universe in general. Um, you'll get a little bit of a of a sneak peek in issue one of just like the Genesis story uh, of how the universe was created and just a small, small snippet of the first God. And then after that, it really just kind of follows Virgil and what it's like to be in the afterlife. I love this because this is, uh, I guess, disclaimer really quick. Let me let me tell everybody, you know this, Tom. You and I know this, but, but the audience doesn't yet. Um, I, I was able to read an advanced copy. Um, so I have, you know, uh, I, I do know what happens here in the first issue. I won't go into any spoiler for, for any of that because, like, trust me when I tell you guys, <laughs> you're going to want to pick this up. This is, this is intense. But um, this is, uh, to me, just, just the subject matter itself. I don't know how you feel. I don't know. You know, a lot of people are different. People have different beliefs, thoughts, whatever. Um, I'm good with that. But uh, the afterlife is like one of the most terrifying things in the entire <laughs> world to me. Just, just on on principle alone, I'm like, I'm like, God, no, please, just tell me it all ends after this, and I don't have to do anything else, <laughs> please. <laughs> um, so, so to even think, you know, uh, you might be spending an eternity or or, or less or whatever somewhere else um, is, is is a scary thought. So, uh, you've already got my attention there, but. <laughs> um, yeah, this is this is a cool book. It's a very very unique perspective, and and I can tell you guys this: uh, you you get dropped the hell in. It gets explained, um, so it's not that like you get dropped in and you don't know what's going on. But uh, Tom doesn't hold back. Like, <laughs> there's no like, there's no. Let me build like you know uh, a whole bunch of exposition. Let me you know make sure that you really like uh, know this character. Like, I mean. You know, we 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 deal with the character and we understand the character well and everything, but uh, but there's not, you know, pages and pages of, of exposition to lead up to this or anything. Like you get dropped into this story, so um, you know, buckle up and and get ready for the ride because it's pretty intense. Um, where did this story come from, Tom? Yeah, so um, a couple of years ago, I started uh, working on this idea. Um, I had always been a big fan of Dante's Inferno. Mm -hmm. So um, actually, the the title of the story, Divine Power Made Me, is uh, at least my translation that I had for a, a long time is part of the ascription above the gates of hell, basically. Um, I should have it memorized by now. I've read it so many times, the <laughs> inscription. You know, like, ye who enter here... Uh, 
I can't even, I'm not even going to try and embarrass <laughs> myself. Um, but it really, it when I was actually first starting to come up with the idea for this story, it followed much more closely Virgil in a more traditional hellscape in, in a, a, like a Dante-esque environment. And the more I sat, the more I thought about it, the more I wrote, I'm like, I really just kind of want to make this my own thing. So um, I also didn't want to get anybody mad. That was another big thing with <laughs> I don't want to, you know, jump too much into um, into religious topics. You know, it's like the, that old saying, religion and politics. You always keep that keep that off yep. the discussion <laughs> table. Yeah. <laughs> um, so with that said, I'm like, OK, rather than doing that, I'm just going to kind of take everything from scratch. So if you'll kind of notice in the first issue um and i i put a couple of previews in different places about the first 10 pages so uh, if people have heard about it or if they've seen that uh you kind of see the priest character and he's what's known as a yazite um and talking about bad pronunciations like i wrote the word and i can't say it <laughs> properly um my my buddy fred who's uh, an argentinian artist uh, who worked on the book he says it beautifully so i've established that he knows how to say it i don't even though <laughs> i wrote it um and uh you, you'll kind of notice even at the beginning it's like the genesis story is very very different than any of the other genesis stories although it takes concepts that are um that are similar you know you have like the first being and like what's the first being's deal um it seems like they've got a lot of power they're kind of making the world around them and i also wanted to kind of explore what it would be like to be dropped in a world fully fully formed in a sense fully formed with and just randomly gaining sentience it's kind of a a very daunting idea to go from nothing into a fully fledged person with your own thoughts and ideas and perspectives because us as humans it's not something that we can really fathom because we've had a lifetime to develop our ideas and and our personalities um so it's kind of in a sense it's kind of scary to to go from nothing to something and that's kind of also the the thesis statement of the of the story, the first sentence of the book is how does something come from nothing, um, which will be kind of explored throughout the story. Um, but yeah, that's kind of that's been a little bit of my thought process. Uh, I wanted to to really look into some different kinds of philosophies, but I also wanted to tell just a fun story. Um, I'm, I've been influenced by a lot of, you know, Western comics like DC and Marvel. And then I think Saga is probably one of my favorite comics of all time. Um, yes. <laughs> but then, then you've got manga, which is, I feel that's king, that's king everywhere right mm -hmm. now. And I love the shonen style of storytelling where you have a protagonist and in a lot of situations you kind of know where that protagonist has to go throughout the entire story um so i wanted to do that and although it's not entirely clear in the first issue uh virgil who's the main character's uh motivations other than kind of he's dead you know his parents are also dead so it's kind of pointing um towards that direction um 
but you'll get a better sense when things in the story start to develop specifically Virgil and the main god meeting since that's in all of my pitches eventually they're going to meet the first god and Virgil and how does that work out and one of the things I wanted to ask you because I I think that you know it's it's an important aspect of this book of course uh you know moving along is is the 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 cult aspect of it um where did that come from in the story um is i i mean i i don't know like where <laughs> where's where's that coming from um how did you incorporate like elements of, of occult and stuff into it because like you're you're playing with like a lot of things here but they all make sense together it it, it really works together and I, I really want to see how this plays out. Uh, I, I think the cult aspect of it is going to be very important. I'm assuming. I mean, you're you're the creator, so you know. Don't <laughs> I mean, don't, don't tell me. But well, <laughs> you know, Dan. Lucky enough, beginning of issue two starts <laughs> off with a flashback uh, to the day before Virgil dies. And surprisingly enough, what I wanted to do is show that it's very normal. You know, um, there's a reason that Virgil and his family have lived in this in this lifestyle for so long. Um, it's supposed to be very I idyllic and and beautiful and nice. Um, but to kind of get back to your question about where this is coming from, um, I did grow up with a lot of religion in my life. Um, I grew up uh, Roman Catholic, so it's a very very kind of uh, the strict religious upbringing. Um, and I wanted to incorporate aspects of that, but also, you know, other uh, parts of, of just religion in general. So this is not one religion, uh, although you're going to see the most influences from the things that I have experience from, which is going to be Roman Catholicism. Um, and then I also just have a, uh, a background in criminal justice. So I, I have my bachelor's in psychology and criminal justice, and then my master's in uh, forensic mental health counseling. And even right now, I'm working with the um, the seriously mentally ill population of New York City and just uh, helping them reintroduce them to society, people who are on Rikers Island. Um, and so there's a bunch of different elements from work and my religion, uh, and I wanted to incorporate everything and make something interesting. Um, also, just in general, I feel like cults are just an interesting subject matter. People hear it. There's a bit of a, of a taboo nature. Um, you know, the ones that stick out in a lot of people's heads are, uh, what is it, like the like Jonestown, and then you have mm -hmm. like the, uh, the Kool-Aid. Uh, yeah, the Heaven's like, Gate, all of those. Heaven's yeah. Gate, exactly. Mm -hmm. And people, they think to themselves, how how do you get sucked into something like this like mm -hmm. why why are people drawn to something that might be bad for you mm -hmm. um and that was a topic that i really wanted to explore because i wanted to really highlight aspects that it's not always entirely bad or people in a group mentality they might do bad things uh, when they're together and they instigate each other um but people are complicated that's mm -hmm. like that's my biggest thing throughout the story nothing in life is ever going to be black and white um like for example uh, virgil's father is extremely religious um but that doesn't ne necessarily make him a bad dad for virgil same with virgil's mother you know 
they are still good parents, but sometimes they can get lost by their beliefs because it's a part of who they are um, as people. And when significant and important parts of your personality and your being are brought into question, it's almost an attack on yourself and your own character. Um, so it, it's just going to be an ongoing character building moment. And that's really what I'm going to be trying to be focusing to do in uh, issues one through 12. Um, and with that said, as of right now, we have one through six done. Um, we'll see if we can even do seven through 12. We'll see how the, the reception goes and uh, how the book does in general. We're really hoping we can do it. Um, but in the first six issues, it's more of a introduction to Virgil and the afterlife and some key players, mainly one of them being um, Samuel, which is the centipede, the owl centipede, um, and Minerva, who is the woman in the library in issue one. And that'll make more sense to people when they read issue one. There's a a woman in a library who gets a book from her little rock golem named uh, Laurel. And I, I'd, I'd like to point out to, you know, uh, for, for the people who don't have like any visual in front of them, like you said, there's like a 10 page preview out there you can check out and everything. And, and by the time this airs, the book will should be out in shops and everything. Um, so hopefully you guys will have a copy in front of you and everything anyways. But, but like Thomas saying, um, you know, owl centipede and stuff like that. You're probably thinking like, what, what, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Like, no, like, trust me. Like when I tell you, like it works so well, um, uh, the, the art style in this book, like really fits the tone of the writing very, very well. Um, there's <clears throat> some things that I would, I would probably consider, you know, just on page, like before, uh, you know, any artist took a stab at it or anything, I, I would say, God, that's probably a stretch. Like, how how are you gonna pull that off? But uh, you know, it, it's it's really pulled off beautifully and well here. Um, the the artist that you have teamed up with really just I, I don't know did the unthinkable with this. Like there's <laughs> there's such elements in here that that work very very wonderfully well. So um, I, I think that was a, a great get. I don't know if that was if that was you seeking out the artist personally yourself or if um, you were teamed up with the publisher or what. But um, yeah, I mean, Fred, uh, so his name is Federico Guillen, but he told me to just call him Fred. Yeah, I didn't um, even want to try. That's why I said <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> people, people have tried, so it, it's mm -hmm. fine. Even like on the uh, the Scout does whatnots every once in a while. Mm -hmm. They were they got the name of the book wrong, so it's fine. <laughs> you know, it, it happens. Um, and Fred, Fred has a, a, a more difficult last name. But um, yeah, so basically what happened was is I, I wrote issue one, and then I reached out to Fred. Um, granted, and I'll even say this right now, the issue one that you are, that everyone is going to be reading on the 14th is very, very different than the initial script that I had written. Um, the initial script that I had written was much, much more boring, actually, uh, kind of very much so focused about Virgil in life and then dies at the end of issue one. And everyone I spoke to is like, hey, this is a little boring. Uh, <laughs> It's good, but it's boring. And it, you know, I feel like people need to have those kinds of people in their lives that will tell them like, hey, this is something that's not necessarily going to resonate with people. You need something to, to hook. Um, but anyway, I'm getting off topic. Uh, I had reached out to Fred. I sent him that 
script and I gave him my idea and I talked in the email, I sent him some of the philosophies and Dante and stuff like that. And um, he reached out and he's like, I haven't worked on comics in a decent amount of time. This story is sounds really cool. I want in. Let's uh, let's bring this to life. And after a lot of back and forth and talking about the comic and character designs and stuff like that, he kind of just went headfirst into it. Did issue one. Um, we we pitched it to a, a couple of places. Scout picked it up. Um, they actually reached out really, really quick. I was super, super surprised the turnaround rate for, for scout. And, um, then we got working on issues two through six and Fred's really, really funny because he's like, um, he, he truly believes that issues two through six are a million times better than issue mm -hmm. one art wise. And I, I tend to agree with him because I mean, uh, eventually, Dan, I'm going to send you issue two when it gets a little bit closer to release date. And you'll see what I'm talking about, because it again, it picks up. Art's great. And then we get our introduction to the first God character. And he really he comes in at a, at a thousand miles an hour. And I am super, super excited for people to meet him. I mean, I even have I made a, a 3D print of him. He's sitting over my <laughs> my desk right now. I'll send you a picture later. But oh, very cool. Um, but yeah, no, Fred is unbelievable unbelievably talented and also just a very very nice human being and very passionate about his work and it's there's been times where we've been talking and i've loved something that he's created and he's like no i don't like it and i'm like fred i'm making an executive call we're using this art <laughs> and he's like i don't want my name associated with this and i'm like no 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 it's great it's fine um so he's He's just unbelievable. Yeah, really a, a fantastic artist, and uh, and and like I was saying, I mean, you know, definitely complimentary of of uh, what you've written here. Um, I, I think that nailing that tone in the art, you know, would obviously be very important. Um, I'm sure you had something, you know, at least kind of floating around in your head whenever you, you know, the first in incarnation of this before there was any art attached or anything, and 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 I would have to imagine. Uh, this at the very least met your expectation, if not like highly exceeded it. <laughs> but uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's basically like. And first of all, thank you for all the very kind words. Um, it's it's exactly kind of the way that I pictured it in my head. Uh, I guess the way that when I'm writing my scripts, it's a bit to the point, and I I like to give Fred a little bit of freedom. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd say 85% of the time, it's exactly the way that I, I see it in my head, which is kind of crazy. The only time, and even for, say, for example, somebody like Virgil, the main character, I literally told Fred, it's a 14-year-old boy. That's all I said. I, didn't, I wanted him to just kind of go with it. And that's how one of the aspects of the story kind of evolved, because Virgil had blonde hair and blue eyes. Um, his father had blonde hair and blue eyes his mother has blonde hair and blue eyes and then i'm like you know what everybody in the cult's got blonde hair and blue eyes and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna lean into that so it's it kind of made its own thing um and even like the first god character i originally had him a bit more like he had a dad bod in a sense mm -hmm. and now he's just very very skinny and it's it's more masks than just like actual faces which is cool so it's cool to see what 
what Fred does with all of these uh, these character descriptions. Very cool. Uh, one of the things that I want to ask you, and I know you already touched on it, so um, I'll, I'll I'll try to you know rephrase in some way. But um, I did want to ask about Scout, uh, and I wanted to ask about pitching this and you know getting it published and and everything like that. Uh, let me let me say you know speaking of expectations, you know, where, what were your expectations for the publisher? Um, do you have any, uh, I, I, I don't know. I can't think of the word. Do you have any, <laughs> um, uh, contacts in the, in the, in the comic book world? Um, are, are there people that, you know, you can go to and, and, and stuff like that? Like where you, was this just like a blind pitch out to publishers? Like how, how'd all that come about? So, yeah, this was actually, um, just, going on scout's website following their submission form to a t exactly what they wanted um i will say that to i think they say six pages of fully done art is what they requested oh i think it's just best to always send a first issue no matter what uh show that you can that you have a full story um and then i had like issues one through 12 mapped out said this is what i want to do granted that's not what's going to end up being in issues one through 12 because <laughs> it's changed so much since I've even sent that pitch out and I, you know, stories just develop as they, as we go. Um, I mean, the most that I've had in the, in the comic book industry is I know some guys at Midtown comics. Um, that's how we were kind of able to get the exclusive Midtown comics cover, which I'm unbelievably grateful for. They're the guys over there in, in Midtown comics are, you know, they were, they're my local comic book store ever since I was a little kid. Um, so to see them grow as a, as an outlet, it's phenomenal. And I'm so happy for them. And uh, just to have my book associated with them or our, my team's book associated with them um, is a, a dream come true. I mean, it really is. And um, just to kind of answer a little bit more your question about uh, Scout and the publishing process. Um, it was, it's very intimidating to say the least. Uh, it literally went from one sentence from, uh, the CEO, the CEO or whoever it was like, we're interested, let's talk, uh, to getting boilerplate contracts. Wow. It's definitely very, very intimidating going to talk with all my lawyer friends and being like, Hey, how does this contract look? Um, because there's the common idea everyone knows about Marvel DC and the, the shady contracts that people get. Mm -hmm. Um, but scout they're they're some of the good guys. They, they're really cool. Uh, their contract is super straightforward for the most part. And, um, it's been, it's been a straightforward process to say the least. So, uh, granted there's been a common thing throughout most industries, it seems like, uh, with a little bit of communication troubles at times, but I feel like that's that's most industries. Everyone's so busy, it's it's going to be tough to to hear back. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I hope that kind of answers it a little bit. I know I can get off, uh, off no, topic. No, no, you're fine. Trust me. That's uh, you know, uh, the, the people tune in to hear um, you know about that process and everything. There's a lot of you know, I, I always tell my guests this, there's, you know, the way the comic book community is set up, there's so many aspiring creators, you know, 
really into comic books, uh, listening to comic book podcasts, uh, you know, doing all that stuff. And meanwhile, they're at home, you know, drawing the, you know, what's going to be the next big thing in, you know, five or 10 years or whatever, which is really cool. But uh, it's, it's really great for them to hear that process on every level, you know, from, from, uh, you know, somebody who's trying to get stuff published to uh, somebody who, who has to, you know, really seasoned, you know, veterans in the game and everything. So, uh, yeah, every every aspect of that process is very important to hear about. So um, I, I know, you know, I appreciate that, and I know the listeners appreciate that as well. So, uh, as far as as this book, I know <clears throat> you have issues one through six. Um, you've got seven through twelve planned out, um, and this is your first published work, correct? Mm-hmm, that is okay. correct. Um, so what look looking looking far down the pop pipeline because i i know you know there's little thoughts here and there probably but you're very focused on this project and i completely understand that so so mm-hmm. just say for the long haul you know is there is there anything else you know in there that you'd really like to work on um are there any uh of course i'm sure you have other stories you want to tell there's probably uh other projects you'd like to bring to life and everything um mm-hmm. if you were ever to land a, a I don't know, a deal over at Marvel or DC or something like that. Is there a particular character or anything that would be a dream for you to work on? Oh, yes. Um, I have. So it's either it's either a Doctor Strange story or a Constantine story. Um, (laughs) It's it's something that I've had in my in my mind. And I've had the name of the uh, of the story as well. It would be like a limited, you know, six issue, something like that. but it it it's based around like Blade Runner in a sense that kind of s- style. Um, but yes, so I I have a, a Doctor Strange and or Constantine story. Um, I have uh, a Thanos story, and I think I have a Deadpool story as well so i have a couple that i would uh i'd love to do um obviously it's it's such a a a tough industry just in general and uh but fred and i have have talked about it um i mean fred and i we're in it for the long haul now you know me and him we're we're ride or die we're we're, we've become really good friends uh through this story and i i like you you see those comic book pairing teams right you have like Mm -hmm. Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman, and you have Tom King and Mitch, uh, Mitch Gerrits, Gerrits. I'm sorry. I'm also really bad with, <laughs> with last names. I always hear Gerards or something in my head, but who knows? I, okay. I, 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 wrong too, so. <laughs> I apologize good. in advance to, to, everybody. we know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, I'm working hard and, um, for how hard that I'm working, Fred's working 10 times harder. So, um, if like the main reason I want to succeed is so that my buddy Fred can succeed and <laughs> he can, he can do well. Um, I'm also, you know, I'm really, really grateful for just my nine to five job that I do right now. I, I genuinely love what I do. There's absolutely never a dull day going into that office and uh, the things that, that I'm able to see and the people that I'm able to help. Um, I love it. And to be able to do the comic stuff as well on top of it, um, it's it's amazing. So um, I really I really would love to to do some other stories uh, with Marvel and DC. I think I have one 
Um, and one more independent story that I that I have, but it's it would not be a weekly like I'm sorry a, a monthly ongoing series. It would be like a a graphic novel, and it's it's a very very slow burn political drama. So not going to be everybody's <laughs> cup of tea compared sure. to uh, Divine Power, which is a fun adventure story um with lots of action and crazy monsters and um and even some comedy i think you'll you'll see in some of the later issues even issue two issue two has one of my favorite funny moments in the whole entire series um it's issue two and then issue five are my two favorite i think um so i'm excited for people to see that and see a little bit of my my and Fred's comedy chops as well, because <laughs> yeah. uh, because like you said, it's a, it's a very dark and serious environment and topic, so you need a little something to to break it up. Oh, absolutely, and uh, I mean, like like you said, you know, uh, uh, comic chops and, and comic books, you know, uh, a, a little underrated. You know, people don't think about that, but in, injecting a little bit of that in there every now and again really helps move things along and and, and really uh, stands out whenever you have like kind of a darker tone and, and a more serious message that you're trying to get across. Uh, I, I would like to point out, and uh, and again, the, the issue's not out yet. By the time we publish this. Uh, you know, most likely uh, this this will be out on Tuesday the 13th, and uh, you guys will be able to run to your local comic book shops and uh, ask them for a copy of this. You know, hopefully they ordered heavy so you can get them before they sell out. But uh, uh, you, you guys are going to open up to a page. You're going to get to a specific panel where something just happens, and you go, holy shit, that was unexpected. Um, and <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a really cool moment. And whenever you guys read the book, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And I know Tom knows exactly what I'm talking about. But um, <laughs> uh, just just a, a really cool kind of standout moment in the book. And, and, and the book is really full of those. There's a lot of standout moments. There's a lot of very visually compelling moments. And then there's, uh, you know, well thought out well-paced writing throughout the book. So it's it's definitely a win. Um, you guys are absolutely going to, you know, want to make sure that your uh, local shops are, you know, let them know you want issue number two uh, before FOC for the, that goes off and everything. So that way you can have that added to your pool. It's going to be very important. Um, shops usually, you know, will order uh, a little heavier, you know, on issue number ones for, for uh, independent books and, and smaller uh press publishers and all that. But, you know, issue number two, if they don't get like a huge response from pool uh, customers, you know, they kind of dwindle down. They only have like two or three copies sometimes. I know that's how my local shop is. So I always let them know every single time. I'm like, uh-uh, uh, you know, issue number one of this is coming out. I want to follow it all the way through. Like make sure that you've got every single issue for me coming in because um, I don't want to miss out on those books. And you guys are going to absolutely feel the same way about this one. That is for sure. Uh, Tom, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but um, yeah, I, I just, I, I want to say, you know, first and foremost, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to talk to me today. Um, and thank you for allowing me to uh, read a copy of this book. Uh, again, the, the, the biggest thing I can say, you know, usually when I do uh, these kinds of interviews, it's usually pre-FOC, so that way, we can get it out and, and make sure you guys go to your local shops. You don't have the luxury of doing that this time. So this gets published, and then the next day the book is out. Like the second you hear this this episode, 
hit your local comic book shop up. Make sure they got a copy for you. You're absolutely going to want it. Um, uh, Tom, will this be available anywhere else? Uh, are, are you selling any like uh, thing on your site or uh, are it's... they available to Scout or? Yes, so it's it's on uh, it's on Scout's website. Um, mm-hmm. That's basically where I've been uh, sending most people anyway. Uh, I think Great. that just in general, uh, it'll be a, a bit easier to get it from Scout. And I know that Scout's also doing a whatnot. Oh boy, let me get you the exact dates as well because <laughs> I have them in my in my calendar. If you want uh, a Virgin cover, they uh, I had my first whatnot with them last week and they're selling for like you know five bucks a pop so normally i know virgin covers are a bit more expensive but it looks Mm -hmm. like the first whatnot is uh on thursday the 15th at 8 p.m and then there's another one uh on the saturday the 17th at 8 p.m and they're also selling the printer plates so if you're a collector and you want like a one of one piece because Fred has not done any physical art for this. So there won't be any physical art um, other than the one that I have hanging on my wall for the, the B cover uh, that was done by my extremely talented, uh, my cousin's girlfriend, Kathalia Reed. Um, but that is at uh, Saturday the 17th at uh, 1230 to 330 as well. Um, but also let me say, Dan, that it, it was an absolute pleasure being able to, to speak with you. Um, you're a, a wonderful interviewer. And as someone who interviews people da- like daily, you're an expert. So it's been a pleasure. Okay. And I really, really appreciate you taking time out of your day because, you know, you were telling me earlier that you've done a couple of these today. So I appreciate squeezing me in last last bit of the day. So I really thank you. Hey, well, it's it's a wonderful book, and I absolutely stand by it. I know you do too. Uh, and 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 again, uh, you know, the before I let you go, the the main thing that I can you know point out and illustrate uh, here to everybody is absolutely hit up your local comic book shop the second you hear this. Let them know you want a copy of Divine Power Made Me. Let them know that you want issue two, three, four, five, six. Let them know to add it to your pool. Make sure that's the most important thing you guys can do. Support Tom, support Scout, um, and, and make sure you get your copies of that. And and uh, yeah, like Tom said, go hit up Whatnot. You guys all have the app. Uh, jump on there and grab a Virgin cover. Um, it's going to be awesome. You're going to want it in your collection. Tom. I can't thank you enough. I look forward to seeing your name all over comic books in the future because I know it's happening. And <laughs> I have a feeling we're going to talk again soon. So thank you so yep. much for joining me. I appreciate it, Dan. Have a wonderful rest of your night. And we will see you.